We are going to be learning Lukute Sichas Chilukutas Parshas Vaschanan, the first Sicha. Sivalf, the mitzvah's Talmud Taira, Yashnam, Bechlol, Shnei In the mitzvah of learning Taira, there are, generally speaking, two commands. Aleph, Lilmoid, Hachiv, Kishiyakar, Lilmoid Taira. The first mitzvah is to learn Taira. That there's an obligation when a person becomes becomes old enough to recognize, meaning it becomes mature enough to be able to understand Taira, that he has an obligation to start learning Taira. And Bey is the Lambda. The Lamid Taira La'acheren, u'befrat hachiv ala'am, the Lamid is banam. There is a mitzvah to teach others, especially there is an obligation for a father to teach his children. So bi'inyin zem atzinu dvar pela. So the Rebbe's question is going to be like this. He says, in this idea, we find something very wondrous. Heina Rambam, v'heina Rebbeinu Hazakin, he says, the Al-Tarebbe and the Rambam don't begin the halachs of Talmud Torah with the obligation to learn Torah. Rather, they open up these halachas regarding the obligation of a father to teach his son. So logically, uh, as we, we know how careful the Rambam and the Al-Tarebbe was with Seder, so their halachas are written in a very methodical, very logical order. So first, it should be have written halachas of, there's an obligation to actually learn Taira, because that comes first. And then it should teach us about the halachas of teaching others. So we're going to be asking, why would the Alter Rebbe and the Rambam begin the halachas about the obligation of a father to teach a son, and not about the actual obligation to learn Taira? But any movement. L'chaira ha'yitzarach l'chal reish l'avay ha'chiv. It says it's not understood. The Chayrat should have began the halachas of, 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 of the obligation of learning Torah. First of all, about the obligation for one to, to learn um, yourself. And then only afterwards, it should tell you that it's not enough to learn on your own. You also got to teach others, especially your ch- children. As that's also Pashup Shat. Meaning the reason why you need to teach your son is because there's an obligation to learn Torah. So you need to teach your son because you need he needs because he, he has an obligation to uh, learn Torah. So first tell us that there's an obligation to learn, and then you could say, Oh, since there's an obligation to learn Torah, then you therefore you got as as the father, you gotta teach your kid. He says, this is actually an additional obligation in the midst of Talmud Torah, regarding all other mitzvahs of Torah. He says, generally speaking, the mitzvah of Chinuch, to train your children in the ways of, of Torah mitzvahs, is actually only in the Rabbana. Midra Raisa, um, the father only needs to teach him Torah, meaning is he has to teach him how to learn Torah, and he needs to teach him how to do the mitzvahs, but not practically um, train him, you know, give him actual experience. Meaning is, a father could teach his child how to put on tefillah, he teaches him how to put on tzitzis, what exactly is the mitzvah of tzitzis, he needs to have four corners and the strings, but he doesn't actually have to put it on him that he gets experience wearing the tefillah or wearing the tzitzis. He could teach him about matzah, but he doesn't actually need to make him eat the matzah until the age of 13. So the father would teach him the Torah about how to do all the mitzvahs, but when he reaches 13, then he would have an obligation in the Torah to fulfill those uh, mitzvahs. Uh, but mid the Rabbanon say that's not enough. It's not enough just to teach them the halachas of all the mitzvahs. Rather, there's an additional obligation to actually give them practical experience. So the Rebbe is pointing out that they're very interestingly about the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, it's not like all other mitzvahs. All other mitzvahs, the reason why you chain, train your child is because of rabbinic obligation. But the, regarding the mitzvah of learning Torah, that's actually an additional mitzvah. It's part of a mitzvah min ha to learn Torah. But anyway, but what the Rebbe is trying to point out over here is that first it should have taught you the main obligation, which is to learn Torah. And then there's an additional obligation that one has in a mitzvah min ha to also teach his children. Obefrat. And he says, especially even logically, it's impossible to teach anybody Torah unless you learn it yourself. So even if you want to do it according to a logical order, first you got to learn, and then only once you know how to learn, then of course you can teach it to others. As we know that there is an obligation is that the words of Torah need to be sharp in your mouth, meaning it needs to be so clear that if someone asks you a question, you can answer him at the the tip of your tongue. Okay. So that's the Shaila, basically. Why is the 
uh, Alter Rebbe and the Rambam beginning the halachas about teaching your child without first mentioning the main obligation and also the first obligation, Bizman, which is to learn it yourself. And then only afterwards could you teach it to others, especially your child. So, so the Rebbe is going to give him a pshat. He says there's two reasons. Pashas, you can give two reasons. Aleph. He says, since there is an obligation, there is a mitzvah to teach your child Torah, unlike all the other mitzvahs, that there is no obligation to train your child. As I mentioned before, it's only an obligation. So, So, comes out, that the learning Torah of every individual, the obligation for him to start learning Torah, and when he actually begins to learn Torah, is when he's a child. Therefore, the opening of regarding the dinim of learning Torah begins from when you actually have when it, when it actually starts by each individual, which is when you're a child. So there is a logical order over here. Right? Originally, we're saying we thought was the father has an obligation to learn, and then he also has an obligation to teach. So the Rebbe is explaining that the order that the Alter Rebbe and the Rambam are looking at is not regarding the fathers, but actually for the individual himself. So the halachas begin is that when you're a child, your father has an obligation to teach you, and then as you get older, there's obligations to learn on your own, etc., um, etc. Et but the reason why it begins. The halachas, when you're a child, because that's actually min when the obligation begins. So when you're a child, you actually have an obligation to start learning. Um, we know that the obligation to learn Torah is repeated many times in, with, throughout the Torah. Uh, the command to learn and also the command to teach. But the main source of the obligation of learning Torah, and this is actually the source that the Rambam brings in the Minyan HaMitzvahs, is because it says in the Shema, it says, and that's, This is the connection of this, this week's Parsha. That you should teach it to your child, to your sons. Which is Kailo. This obligation, the Rambam writes, is, is including within it the obligation to learn, and also the obligation to teach. He says, since the main obli- source for the obligation of learning Torah is from this Pasuk, which the very Pashat Pshat is, to teach your ch- small child, because Chazal said actually means to teach your students. But Pirsha Pasha, the simple interpretation of the Pasha, is actually there's an obligation to teach your child, teach your children, your sons, Torah. Therefore, what, the reason why the Alter Rebbe and the Rambam begin the Hilchas Tamat Torah with this obligation for a father to teach his son Torah is because the source is the source of the mitzvah actually is from Mishinanta Levanacha. So that makes more sense. Because the reasoning why we're beginning the Hilchas Tamat Torah about the obligation to teach your child is is because the source of it is, that's the source in the Torah is also speaking about the obligation to teach your child. And from the obligation to teach your child, we also learn that you need to learn yourself. So the Alter Rebbe and the Ramam are really just following really how the Torah does it. The Torah teaches the obligation about your children and from that we learn the obligation to learn also for yourself. So therefore the Alter Rebbe and the Ramam and the Reit Halachas, they first talk about the Halachas of teaching your child and, and then it continues about the obligation to learn on one's own. But this itself needs explanation. Why is the mitzvah of Talmud Torah different than all other mitzvahs in these two ways? A, the first way we mentioned it's different is that there's a mitzvah, minha Torah, to teach and for your child to learn Torah. The learning of Torah, shaykh, minha Torah, even to children. Mashinka and all other mitzvahs only begin when you're 13, midaraisa. And the second issue is, why is it that the obligation to learn Torah is actually included within the mitzvah to teach your sons? As we mentioned at the beginning, logically, you first need to learn Torah yourself, and then you can teach others. So it's funny, 
why does the Torah teach first tell you in a sense the source of it is teaching your children um, from within that mitzvah includes also the obligation to learn on one's own it's a second step you're including step one already in step two so base so the Rebbe says you can give an answer this is a doichek al kapai, meaning that it's not a strong answer. The reasoning is to differentiate, to stress the difference between the learning that we have nowadays and the learning that will be this is a quote from the Rambam. It's understood that when the Bnei Yisrael will have time to learn Torah and Chachma, and all the Yidin will be great uh, and wise individuals, and the whole world will be filled with the knowledge of God, and there will be an increase of Das and Chachma and truth. It's clearly, obviously, the learning of Torah when the Yidin will be such a great state will be Shloi will be much much infinitely greater than it is nowadays. He says that Chazal tells us that the learning of Torah is like Hevel. Hevel means futility. Literally means breath or futility um, regard, relative to the learning of the Torah that we're going to have when Mashiach comes. Meaning it's, 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 it's air. It's nothing compared to what we're going to have in the future. So therefore he says, the Kalalas even when you're a great scholar, is really just like the learning of a child, relative to how it's going to be when Mashiach comes. Right? So, in a sense, the learning nowadays, what we're doing, is like the learning of a child. It's, it's a very basic level. And when Mashiach comes, we're going to get a much greater, mature level. Um, So therefore, we're going to explain that the reasoning why the obligation of learning Torah is learnt, uh, uh, first of all, those two points that we mentioned, that the obligation to learn Torah begins when you're a child, and also the obligation for one, even an adult, to learn on his own is learned from the obligation to teach a child, is because really the learning of the Torah that we have nowadays is the type of learning which is a child's type of learning. So to distress that idea, how our learning is really like a preparation for how it's going to be for when Mashiach comes, the source... And the obligation nowadays of, of learning Torah begins uh, when, when by a cotton. He says, furthermore, just like the learning of Torah of a child is in preparation, which is to prepare the individual for the main obligation when he gets older. That's the idea of Chinuch. Similarly, the general mitzvah of learning Torah nowadays is really a preparation for the limit of Torah that's going to be lasu lavei. Because it's specifically those who have Talmud de meaning is that they've learned Torah and the Torah, the Talmud, is in their hands. They are able to chap and understand the Torah b'shleimus when Mashiach comes. So those who have learned Torah now, when Mashiach comes, they're going to be able to learn that Torah in a much greater, in a much deeper way. But the Rebbe says this explanation is not enough. He says, but this is not enough explanation because we find an example of this idea even by really all mitzvahs. Like the Chazal say regarding the mitzvahs that we fill nowadays, they are tsuyunim, they're uh, like signposts, they're, they're symbols of the mitzvahs that we're going to be able, we're going to be kind of also love because then when Mashiach comes, the mitzvahs will be the mitzvahs when Mashiach comes are going to become, are going to be betachlis ashleim, it's going to be in the highest possible level. So even though uh, Torah, um, we're, we, we try to explain that the Torah that we learn nowadays is going to be like a child learning Torah relative to how Mashiach comes. That's, but, but the truth is, there says that's really by all mitzvahs we have a similar idea. Because the Chazal tell us that, there, that even the mitzvahs that we're doing nowadays are really just tzuyunim, they're just signposts 
uh, symbols of what it's going to be lost of love, like when we're able to fill the mitzvahs with tachat shleimus. Hainu shigam kim mitzvahs be'ilam zelu bechinas katnus tziyunim lebavad legabe kim mitzvahs the lost of love. He says, meaning that even the fulfillment of mitzvahs nowadays is the level of katnos, like a child's fulfilling of a mitzvah relative to the fulfillment of these mitzvahs. Therefore, even all mitzvahs are really just a preparation for the completion and then the most proper way of fulfilling the mitzvahs, which will only be lasalave. Therefore, if this, this explanation of why ter specifically the obligation begins when you're a child should really have been also by all mitzvahs. Then all mitzvahs, the obligation should have been mentioned, should have been started when you're a child. If it's trying to symbolize how the mitzvah, that the Torah that we're learning nowadays is like a child learning of Torah, therefore the obligation begins when you're a child, then do the same thing by mitzvahs. But we don't do that, therefore l'chaira, that is not, um, the, as the Rebbe says, it's not the, enough of an explanation. He said, for this, that specifically the mitzvah of Talmud Torah is to children. And even more than that, we said that a general obligation of learning Torah, the source of it, is included within these words of teaching your sons. It's understood the Talmud Torah that we has a special union which is Shaykh's. Um, to the, there's a mitzvah, there's an union in Talmud Torah which is Shaykh Dafka to Mitzvah's Talmud Torah. Gimel. So we'll understand this first by understanding the difference between Torah and Mitzvahs. He says, the idea of Mitzvahs, which are done with physical items, their main Indian is to affect these physical inyan, to make a pu'ula, to make an effect in the world. Similar to the halashen, uh, that it says that there needs to be the, the effect of the gavra, of the person in the chafsar, that the idea, halachically, the idea of mitzvahs are that a person does uh, some type of pu'ula, some type of act with an item. Uh, which Api Chassidus means the var lezaches adavar gashmi veskeiches nefesh hamishaladim shpoi veskayemes a mitzvah, which is to purify and to elevate the physical item and also the the faculties and the energy of the nefesh hamish of the person, which which with which the mitzvah is done. Therefore, even though the mitzvahs need to be done with bittel with subservience subservience. That the reason why we're doing the mitzvahs, what does it mean, mitzvah? Bittal means is that we're doing the mitzvahs not because it makes sense, that the seichel says this makes sense. Rather, it's because that's what Hashem wants. As we say in the bracha, which is a preparation for the mitzvah, that Hashem has commanded us. He has made us holy with his mitzvahs, and he has commanded us to do these things. So ultimately, the reason why we're doing the mitzvahs is because it's a command. So that's the idea of bittal. But nonetheless, of course, the main idea of the mitzvah is to do the mitzvah. Even if you have the greatest level of bitl, but you don't do the mitzvah, you have not, the mitzvah has not been done. But if you do the mitzvah, even though you don't have bitl, then, or at least the greatest level of bitl, then the mitzvah has still been fulfilled and, and, and you've, you've done your obligation. But the Indian of Bittl, or as the Chazal tell us, that the purpose of the mitzvah is to purify the person, that that the mitzvah needs to awake within the person, to affect the person, and to, to purify him, to make him greater, that's not Me'akabidi Ebed. This is an additional item on the Etzim Kima Mitzvah, meaning is the Etzim Kima Mitzvah is done even if it does not have any effect on the person himself, meaning he doesn't become a better person or more bottledic a person because of the mitzvah he's done. So that's, of course, a very important part of the mitzvah. That's why it says Hashem gave us so many mitzvahs, is to help purify us, to make us better people, holy people. And nonetheless, even if that doesn't happen, the mitzvah is still done, because the main purpose of the mitzvah is kol It's a command. So as long as you do the command, you've done the mitzvah. The main thing is that the person's seichel, his seichel, 
understands the concept and becomes unified with it. Meaning it's not that he's searching after his own desires and his own will. Rather, he's trying to figure out the truth of the seichal, and therefore he's mevatal his own ruts into this. Meaning is when you're learning Torah, the proper way of learning is not that you have an ulterior agenda, and you already know what you want to find, and then you look through the Torah to find sources to prove your point. Uh, then that's, of course, not learning Torah. That's just using the Torah to prove whatever, um, what, whatever um, principles you're trying to prove. But the true way of learning Torah is looking at the Torah, re- learning the Torah, and finding out what is Hashem want. What, what is the Torah really telling us? What's the truth of what's being said in this holy Sefer? So that means you need to have a great amount of bitl. When we're talking about Torah, this means to understand Hashem's wisdom. Not your wisdom, but to understand Hashem's wisdom. Therefore, the union of Bittl is an essential concept in learning Torah. Because the only way to understand the Torah is by having Bittl. If you come in with bias, if you come in with your own principles, and the Torah is really just there to kind of prove, or you try to understand Torah based on all the other concepts or ideas that you have, and therefore you try to explain the Torah based on what you already believe or what you think, um, then you're not really learning Torah to its truth degree because you're coming with preconceived notions. Rather, it has to come with a bit. And let me just understand what the Torah is actually telling us without my, my, my baggage and my um, ethics classes that I've taken in the past. So that's a bit. Since Torah, since it's the Chachma of Hashem, is entirely higher than the uh, than the gather, than the uh, whole concept of created beings. Therefore, it's not able to be grasped within us unless we learn Torah with Bittal. So, in a certain sense, the truth is that anything you're learning, even if it's not Torah, Lahavdil, there needs to be Bittal. Because how are you able to understand even anybody's theories if you're coming in with your own preconceived notions? But when we're talking about Tyra, this is on a much greater degree. Because when it's between two people, at least the two of you have a certain connection. So you can still grasp some of it. You can still understand it because at the end of the day, you're both limited beings. And therefore, there's a lot of comparisons between the two of you. But we're talking about Hashem, where Hashem is infinitely higher than us. If you're coming in with your limited basic ideas, how can you understand something which is completely higher than you? It's only if you're completely bottle and you do not have your own perceived conditions, then you're able to take in something which is um, godly. Says so a person will be learning just with his he's able to come to such a situation where he reveals interpretations in the Torah which are not halachically true. Meaning is, you can have a very good chachma, and he can have very good logical reasons, but that's not the halacha of the Torah. This is not the wisdom of God. So if you come in just with your own seichal, then it can be fantastic ethical principles, and it can be make a lot of sense. But this is not what the Torah says. That's not what Hashem wants, and therefore it's not going to be considered Torah. Therefore, Chazal say that you need to first make a bracha before you learn Torah. Meaning is, as hakdama, as a preparation, also as the found, and also as the foundation of the learning Torah, you need to first say the birchas Torah. Because in these words, it stresses the idea that He, meaning Hashem, gave us His Torah. This is Hashem's Torah. This is a godly Torah. And only through this, this awakens within the person the proper bittal to he who gave the Torah to Hashem. And through that, you're able to become a proper vessel to, uh, uh, to, to, to learn the Torah Hashem. Okay, just to give a quick uh, recap of what we said so far. Right, we had the questions and we had the first explanation. And then we said in order to really have an explanation of why the Alter Rebbe and the Rambam first talk about the obligation to teach your child, we first need to understand the general difference between Torah and Mitzvah. So we said Mitzvah, every Torah and Mitzvah, they all need Bittl. He says, but the difference is by a Mitzvah, 
the bittel is not a essential component. The essential component by mitzvah is just to do it. God commanded you to do something. As long as you've done it, you have fulfilled your obligation. Yes, there's a very important part to have bittel because the purpose of the mitzvah is to purify and to elevate the person. But nonetheless, it's not ma'akib, meaning if you don't do it, you've still, you've still done the mitzvah. Masha Inkin, by learning Torah, if you don't have bittel, you're not even learning Torah. The whole idea of learning Torah is we're trying to understand Hashem's chachma. What is Hashem thinking? What, is Hashem, what does Hashem want? So if you come in with, without bittel, then it's really what you think about whatever the Torah says. And once what you think about what it says the Torah, that's not Torah itself. It needs to be a great level of bittel. And with that bittel of just trying to understand what is Hashem saying, that uh, is Torah Hashem. So without bittel, you're not learning Torah Hashem. You can actually get the incorrect halacha. As we said, Magal upon him, but Torah shall like halacha. Okay, down. So, so just like it's very important to have bittel as the foundation and as as the uh, um, as the hakdama the preparation before you start learning Torah, through that you become a kli a vessel for the Torah Hashem. He says, the truth is, he says, you need to have a very special, uh, uh, you have to be extremely careful uh, uh, about having bittel. The one who learns Torah needs to have bittel while he's learning, which is much more than the bittel a person needs to have by fulfilling all mitzvahs. Meaning is it's not just enough that you have, before you start learning, you have bittel and you understand that this is Hashem's Torah. But even while you're learning, you need to consistently and constantly have that bittel within you. He says, He says, by mitzvahs, when a person fulfills the mitzvah properly, right, meaning as we he taka does it with bittel, this is what God commanded, then his mitzvah, his identity is not mixed into the siyas mitzvah. I'm doing this command because God wants me to do the command. And then you actually do the mitzvah. Perfect, you've done it right. Meaning is because he's, he's ready in a position of fulfilling God's desire, God's command. Therefore, you don't need kolkach, so much to be as careful, and you don't need to have so much stress that while you're doing the vayda, you have to constantly remember to be bittal. Because the only reason you're doing the mitzvah is because of bittel. So you're saying, I'm only doing, meaning is, if I'm putting on tefillin because I want, for other reasons, uh, you know, uh, because of social pressures, let's say, then you're not doing it properly. And then when, of course, when you're putting it on, you're also doing it from social pressures. But if you're doing taka, then putting on the tefillin, because you know this is what God commands. So when you actually put on the mitzvah tefillin, then it's also because of God commands. There's no reason to assume that it's changed. Yes, you need to still be somewhat careful because let's say the time you get to shul, you see other people looking. So then at that point, you have another ulterior motive. Everyone's watching me. So you're also having that kavan. I want to make sure I look good. So there might be some type of uh, ulterior motive. But it's, you don't really have to be as careful because as long as you know the main reason why you're doing it, that's the assumption that you're going to continue doing the proper, uh, proper way as long as there's no, in a sense, any reason. Meaning is you're automatically going to be doing the right thing as long as there's not something else that disturbs you. So you have to be careful that nothing else will disturb your bittel. Meaning that where its union is the unity of the seichel of the person with the muska, which is the concept, the wisdom of God. Meaning is that when you are mechav, when you get to the true halacha uh, of what the Torah is saying, then this is in such a way, what's really happening, your mind through its work and its diligence and its utilizing its seichel, it is able to come up with a svara which is chachmasu yisparch. Then you need to be extremely careful not to mix in your own bias and your own bribery that comes inside your seichel, inside your metzius. Meaning is, when you're learning Torah, it's not just at the beginning you need to have that bittle, like understanding this is God Torah and you approach it with the proper respect. But even when you're learning, you constantly need to be aware of that bittle because the mind automatically and naturally tries to make things understood based on its experiences. 
So a person naturally, whenever he learns anything, he translates it through his own lens, through what makes sense to him. So you need to be constantly aware of, this doesn't need to make sense according to my experiences, according to my worldviews. I'm, I'm trying to understand what Hashem wants. What's the Torah's view? What's the halachic view? And a person needs to constantly keep that in mind, because if not, the, the, any moment, the, the mind will go back to its natural state of trying to understand things according to what makes sense to it. So that's a big difference between Torah and mitzvahs. By learning a Torah, there's a worry that the person can make a mistake, and you can think that he already reached this level. Meaning is that the only thing that's relevant to him is, I want to know the truth of the Torah. So a person can think he's already reached there. He says, therefore, since a person could believe that he, the only thing which is relevant to him is the truth of the Torah, therefore when someone says an, a different svara than what he thinks, then the, then, the, then the first individual could think, wow, this person is saying the hapecha Torah, I already reached the level that the only thing which I care about is the mitasa shatayra. So when I was thinking about this idea, it wasn't about how I thought about it, it was what the, what the emes of Torah is. So when this person is saying the opposite svara, he obviously is going against the Torah. It says about young Torah scholars that the Torah heats them up, that they get angry much quicker. It's because they have the Torah which is in them heats them up. Meaning is, similar to this idea over here is that when, 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 a, when you're very ideological, that's right, a young person is more ideological, he has the truth of Torah within him. He says this is the only way it can be. So similarly, anybody that reaches this level will have that bren. About the Emes of Tyra. He says, but the truth is, he didn't really reach that level. And really, what's bothering him, or also, or it could be both things, it could bother him that he thinks he's going against the Torah, plus, it's going against what he thinks. So you have to be extremely careful. I guess this is even like a further step, the Rebbe saying, because this is even once you've finished. The seichel, and you already have the mitzvah shaltar, the halpsak in halacha that you think it is, and someone says the different svara, then you get upset. It's not necessarily because you've reached the ultimate level of ms. It could be that it's bothering you because he's going against what you th- you're thinking. So therefore, you need to always have that bittel. Therefore, when a person is learning Torah, he needs to have a constant bittel. Needs to be completely filled with bittel, that he should guard himself, his his identity and his his yeshus, his pride, that it shouldn't get mixed in, and um, um, and make him in a sense turn away from the ms and the truth of the Torah. So you need to constantly have that bittel. So this takes us to a further step between the differences of Torah and mitzvahs, that the difference between Torah and the mitzvahs is not just the foundation or what this, that, that, that mitzvah, that by Torah you need to have the foundation of bittel because it's an essential concept to be able to learn the concept properly, but he's saying it, you, even when you're learning the Torah and also even when you finish and have the psaq and halacha, that always needs to be bittel. If not, you could uh, come to the wrong maskana or do wrong things. Yesh so this is an explanation of these two inyanim you mentioned earlier, that A, Aleph, that the mitzvah learning Torah is also by children, and the command for an adult to learn Torah is included within the mitzvah of teaching your sons. So the reason why we have these two in Yanim is because Torah needs two types of bittal. So the way how that basically the reason why the Torah stresses that the learning of Torah begins when you're a child, and even the mitzvah of a gobble is learned from the learning of a child, is to stress these two types of bittal that we need, which are essential, not just added points. These two points are essential in limited Torah. So the Torah tells you what the source and what the obligation of learning Torah is, and it's, it's stressing the idea of children, it's because the way of learning Torah needs to be like a child, as the Rebbe will explain. Inyan zat shas cholus limited Torah who be'oyin adam katan b'shanim 
Uh, he says this idea of beginning to learn Torah when you are young, in years. And he says there's even a, a midrabanadik obligation. Meaning as midraisa, the obligation to teach your child is when he's old enough to understand, which we say begins when he's five years old or within his sixth year. So he's five, once he passes his fifth birthday. Midrabanan we say that even if he doesn't have the capability to understand the Torah, you start teaching him. You know, like what, as it says, as soon as the child is able to start speaking, you teach him Shema Yisrael, and you teach him Tarot Sivalanu Moshe. So what is this stressing? The Dinda Rais and even the Dinda Rabbanan. It's Madgish Shehascholah V'Yisoyed Limitar Eina Haseichel Shabbatera. It's stressing that the beginning and the foundation of learning Torah is not the Seichel, which is the Pateta and the Torah. Alamah Shalem Ma'amin Umaktan Atzba. It's rather what the person makes himself small. This is the bittel to he who gave the Torah, which is higher than Tamadas. This idea, this bittel, is not totally on your how how mature you are and how intellectual you are. Rather, it needs to be. Um, it's it's by every single individual, and that even by a child when he is able to start speaking. He has this bittel, which comes mitzad the neshama. Meaning as a child and an adult, where do they have this proper bittel and recognition that Hashem is completely greater than them? That's mitzad the neshama. And it's really also mitzad the neshama that you're able to understand what Hashem wants. Because as, we're, as we said earlier, the Torah is really infinite. It's how could we ever understand Hashem's chachma? Right? We can understand someone else's chachma because we're both within this world. But when we're talking about Hashem's wisdom, what Hashem's ratzen is, how are we supposed to know what Hashem wants, what Hashem's chachma is? It's completely believable, it's infinite, we're limited. So the reason is you're right, inside your own seichel you would not be able to. But it's rather because of your neshama. Your neshama is a part of God, so therefore your neshama has the capability to intuitively know and understand what Hashem wants. So when you have the proper bitl and your neshama is revealed, your neshama is able to... Um, draw down that wisdom of God, and then even in a way that your seichel will be aligned to it, that it will be able, also be able to figure out the correct halacha. But that's only because you have the neshama, which is guiding you. So when you have that guide with the neshama, then you can come to the proper pasadit. So therefore the foundation of learning Torah needs to be like the learning Torah of a child, which is not based on seichel, but it's rather based on the bitl and based on the neshama. So therefore this explains point one, why the why, why the command to learn Torah begins when you're a child. Because if you start learning Torah when you're an adult, then you get the impression is that the main thing is about the intellect and under, trying to understand it on your own. But when you need to start learning Torah when you're a child, then in a sense you're, you're, you're being trained to learn Torah in a way of bittal. You're being trained to learn Torah not beside your own Havana Vasaga because the child doesn't think that way. It's rather the child knows that he... Why is he learning Torah Siva? Why is he learning Shema? He doesn't even think about why he's doing it. But when he's, bringing, when he's learning these things, he does it because he knows that's what Hashem wants. The second point was that the command of an adult learning is included within the command of teaching your sons. This is Malam Denu. This is teaching us that even when the individual is in the middle of learning, when you're completely engrossed within the limit itself, um, like a limit of a godl, with havana, with understanding, and grasping it, there, you need to also have that bitl. So we're saying that even the, the, the learning of a godl is learned from the learning of a child, it's to tell us that the godl also has to have the same type of learning. The learn, what's the mitzvah in the Torah? To teach your sons. So that's telling us that the limit of Torah always needs to be that way, because that's the source. The source is teaching children. So that means when you're learning, your learning needs to be in that same way as children would learn. And maybe just to give a little bit more detail, what, what I said earlier, because maybe I didn't explain it completely properly, is I was also pointing out that even after you've, um, you have your maskana, in a sense, someone else who says something else is mafria, like bothers you, and you get upset because he's saying the opposite of the truth of Taira, it's not the pshat that 
in a sense, like it's already over this whole discussion. You're not using your mind anymore. Even once you have your maskana, but you're trying to figure out the halacha, or there's an argument about the halacha is, in a sense, you're still in the middle of being shakua. You're still in the middle of the learning. You have your conclusion, but the other person's arguing. So there's questions and answers going back and forth. So even then, you're really still being shakua, but the lamudai. So if you have your own bias within there, so even at the end, when you have your maskana, but if you're not completely battle, then you, in a sense... First of all, you're getting upset, but that means also that if you don't have that bitle, then you're constantly trying to defend what you're saying, even at a point where it's possible that the other person was right. right? So you need to have also a certain level of bitle even then to at some point realize, wait a second, I, I tried my hardest, but the, actually what the other person's saying makes more sense. And that even then it takes a tremendous amount of bitle to not just trying to hold on to your seichel and your ideas that you've worked so hard on, but to listen to someone else and say, you know what, what I said is rubbish, and that's what this person is saying it is true. So there needs to be constantly that bitl the entire time. Vav. Uh, so again, just to give a, a quick uh, recap, right, we're just talking about the differences of learning taira and mitzvahs. So we said that in limited taira, that you need to have the bitl both as the foundation uh, that you recognize that the learning of Torah, you approach it with the proper respect. And we said also, even while you're learning, it needs to be constantly with that proper uh, respect and bittal that it's Hashem's learning Torah. So even though you're trying to understand it with your own, with your own seichel, which, which is so tempting at any moment to go back to its natural instincts of, of, of understanding Torah according to what makes sense to me, but you need to be constantly on guard to have that bittal. And that's why we're saying that these two inyanim that we see within learning Torah, that A, the mitzvah begins when you're a child, and B, the source for learning Torah as, as an adult is also learned from the obligation to learn Torah as a child, is because both the foundation and also when you're learning in a mature adult type fashion of learning Torah, that also needs to be with Bittal. By mitzvahs, where you need to have Bittal, but the mitzvahs, the Bittal, as we said, is not a, an essential component. And B, if during the mitzvah, assuming that you started doing the mitzvah properly with the, with the correct bittal, then throughout the mitzvah, you're, you're, unless there's something extraneous that came in that would disturb you, as long as you had the right kavan at the beginning, there's no reason, that that's the reason why you're doing the mitzvah. So why wouldn't you do it uh, with the proper kavana? As I said, unless there was something, something else happened in between the time that you had the kavana to when you started fulfilling the mitzvah. Someone else is watching, whatever it is. But naturally, there's, there's no natural, I should say, um, pro, um, issue within the person himself that will make him do it for his own reasons. If I'm doing the mitzvah because God commands, then that's what I'm doing it for. Even if you're learning the Torah and with understanding that it's Hashem Torah, the natural way how the mind works is it's trying to constantly understand things, what makes sense to me. And you need to be, always be on guard. That's not about what I understand. It's what's the Torah saying. We explained many times that everything is Beshkacha Pratis, especially in Indian of Torah of Torah is Beshkacha Pratis. So we know that there must be, it's understood, that there's a connection between the Parshas Shashvua and also the Pirkei Yavis that we're going to be learning on that Shabbos. This rule that there's always a connection between the Parsha Shavuah and the Pirkei Yavis is true regarding the six weeks between Pesach and Shavuah, where it's a minig of Klal Yisrael to learn Mishnayis, and also the many, many have the minig, many communities have the minig to learn Pirkei Yavis in all the months of the summer until Rosh Hashanah. So also um, the Pirkei Yavis of the summer months will also be connected to the Parshish of the summer months. So, Ubinyanenu, so regarding our situation. He says, there's a machlekes, what happens if Tishbav is on a, um, on Shabbos? So the question is, do you say Pirkei Yavis? Or not, because you're not supposed to learn Tehram on, on Tishbav. So do you do Pirkei Yavis? So some say you do, some say you don't. So that I was going to say is, our discussion will be according to the opinion that holds you do. So I'm going to, he's going to connect the concept that we've been learning to the Pirkei Avis of the Shabbos that would have been, uh, according to the opinions that you say Pirkei Avis that week, uh, we'll see the connection. 
Befrat that came the chak and mechtei tshuka gedoyel loy lemeshir b'chol yam shiyavu yihapach yam eil liti yomtiv. He nead b'smichus mamish l'shabes tishvav. Harizek koylol a chak mechtei tshuka gedoyel shemu ozperik yavas l'cholades. He says especially since we are waiting with a great desire that Mashiach will come at any moment and these days will be transferred to yomtiv. So therefore, even till right right before Shabbos starts, uh, Mashiach can come and transform Tishbav until um, until Yamtif. So this includes within it, since we're hoping and desiring the Mashiach's come when it come, um, with, with, with before Tishbav or even on Tishbav. So therefore, according to all opinions, if Mashiach Taka comes, then you would say Pirkei Yavis on Tishbav. Which is on Shabbos because it's Taka Yamtif. It's not a sad day anymore, and you wouldn't be allowed to Tantara. So, therefore, the truth is, the Rebbe is saying, I'll help the Amitis in Yonim, this connection of, uh, of Pirkei Yavis, the fourth Pirkei of Pirkei Yavis, is going to be Lecholades, according to the opinion that you Taka say it, even if it's Tishbab, then for sure it's connected. And even according to the opinion that you're not going to say it, that's only if it turns out to be Tishbab. But since Mashiach can come at any moment, then it will be a Yamtif, and then you're supposed to say Pirkei Yavis. And even according to that opinion, you're also supposed to say the fourth parak this week, and therefore there's the, the, you, you'll be able to see a connection. He says, says in addition to the general connection between Parshas Vashanan and the fourth parak of Avis that we say this year on Shabbos Parshas Vashanan, um, says we find many in Yanim and Parak. Dalit of Avis and also Parshas Chanan regarding the obligation to learn Torah. Comments of Yonodach Tamatar Nem Parshas Chanan. He says many mitzvahs commands relevant to learning Torah are said in Parshas Vechanan. The Chayin Kama Kama Mishnais and Perikzeh Kolalas Hayrois Veshachs Lamatayr. Also in this Perik Perik Dalit of Avis, there are many Mishnais which are relevant to learning Torah. So Maitzin Anu. Therefore, he says, we can find, uh, we find two Mishnais in this parak which stresses these two points of Bittal that we, what, what you need to have when you're learning Tairah. He says, Mishnah um, says that someone who learns Tairah when he's a child, what is he similar to? To ink uh, being written on a new piece of parchment. But you're learning Torah when you're old. What is it similar to? To ink being written on a erased piece of paper. Meaning is that the words that are being written are not going to be as clear. They're going to be more sponged out. Meaning, uh, so Papashas, at least one level of learning, it's just talking about memory. In a sense, it's talking about memory. But we'll see it's much deeper than that. In your child, it's clear, crisp writing. It stays, first of all, it's clear to you. It stays with you. And when you're older, it's smudged. It's not as good. It doesn't last as long. Fine. But the any move. So the lesson of the first part of the Mishnah is very clear. This is to encourage the person about the importance of learning Torah when you're younger. And not to push it off when you're older. Oh, when I'm, you know, once I have my career and everything set, then I'll start learning Torah. He says, yeah, you can do that. But the problem is you'll be like an old person learning. The, the level of learning won't be as great. Why does the Mishnah need to stress the end? That when you're learning Torah when you're old, it's, it's similar to as we, the, the, the old piece of paper. Is the Mishnah trying to tell us that someone who didn't learn Torah, for whatever reason, until he became older, he should give up hope from being successful? That he's not going to be successful in learning Torah. What's the mission trying to tell you? What's the Sefer telling us? But He said, according to what we're saying, learning Torah when you're a child means learning Torah as a child. means learning Torah with Bittl. She says, it needs to be learning Torah like a child, meaning is that the Bittl needs to be within you. And only then is the Torah really gechat, uh, that's really caught and, and, and permeates you. And that's the idea. It's like the ink which is written on a new piece of paper, meaning is that it's a clear, crisp, the words are getting put on and, and it stays there. 
But when you learn Torah with your Chachma and your Seichel, you learn it like a Zakin. Zakin is someone who already acquired wisdom. Already, you already have your wisdom. You're not learning with Bittel. You already have your preconceived notions. Then it's, then it's not, his Torah is not Torah Hashem. And, sorry, Eina Torah, which is Torah Hashem, is not unable to be caught and, and properly transcribed onto him. Because as we explained earlier, when you come with all these preconceived conditions, you're not going to get to the mitis of Tyra. So therefore, you, it's like having the words of Tyra put on the piece of paper, but it's there's there's erasing marks on it, and it, the words aren't clear. And I guess if it's not even erased well, like with a lot of Gaiva and Yashas, you might even have words from their, your previous stuff over there, and then it's mamish going to be a, a Corbin. Okay, so that's uh, talking about the first level of Tyra, right? Learning Tyra, starting with a bitl. Now, Mishnah Yitas, Shemul Akatan Eimer, Benfoil Levach al Tismach, Ubekashloi al Yiga Libacha, Penir Hashem, Urabeina Vahashim Elav Apoy. Shemul Akatan says that when your enemy falls, you should not rejoice, and when he stumbles, your heart should not be gladdened, lest God see, and he'll be evil in his eyes, and he will remove his anger from him and put it on you. So all the Mephorshim asked this question, what's Shmuel HaKatan coming to Mechadish? What's the, the novel idea over here? He's quoting the Pasuk from Mishlei. So we need Shmuel HaKatan to come quote a Pasuk, and that's quoted in Cypher. Yeah, it's very strange. So the Machzor Vitri gives a Pshat. The Pasuk, the Pasha Pshat of the Pasuk is talking about being involved in the world. Right, so you're saying we're talking about two people, it could be you know rivals in business or rivals in uh, it could be you know nations rivalry, whatever the rivalry is about. But it's talking about in you know, talking about worldly matters, and therefore you're not supposed to rejoice. So Mechadish Molakatan Shagam Lachamta Shotera Bein Shnei Tamid Chacham and Shnei Tzritzu Zem Zebed Bar Lachav and Tziuach Achadis Chaveri Al Matzech Ladask Bein Olivach Al Tispach Bein Tzach and Al Chaver Chacholu. He says that Shmuel Hakatan is coming to Mechadish, and even when you have a war of Tyra between two Bein Chachamim that they're fighting with each other regarding Gadar Lacha, and one has been victorious over his friends, the victor should know that when your enemy falls, meaning is, your enemy in Tyra, in the, in the sense the person that's disagreeing with your interpretation, you should not rejoice. Um, uh, as, as we know, the tefillah, this is the tefillah you say when you're going into the base Madrash, that um, my friends should not stumble uh, in the Dvar Halacha, and I will rejoice over them. Meaning, is it's a problem of rejoicing when you, when 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 your friends make a mistake, and you're correct, and your friends made a mistake, or at least even if they didn't make a mistake, but Halacha wasn't like them. So the Rebbe has a question on Machs of Victory. So Max Vitri is saying, oh, this the Shmuel's being Machadish, that's also talking about learning Tyra. That's the Mila di Chasadusa. We know always Pirkyovis adds a, a deeper dimension, a, a Milsa di Chasadusa, to go even on a deeper level of piety. But he says, why would a person think that in the Muhammad of Tyra you would be permitted to rejoice? And that's why Shmuel Hakata needs to tell you that and that's also you're not supposed to do. Why would you think that's any different than any other argument between two people which are involved in Asik Ailam? So Muhammad Tyra, then you know they could be nasty to each other? Of course not. So what does it mean? But follow Vacha, you would think it would be noted that Shmuel HaKatan needs to tell us that even that, there's a milsech the chesedusa that you should be careful about it. What's the pshat and the machzavitri? So the Rebbe explains, this is what the machzavitri is trying to say. says the Indian is that when you overcome your friend in the Dvar HaLacha, this is not your own Nitzachan. No, it's not me winning. This is the Nitzachan for the Torah. The Torah was successful because now we have a clarity in what the Torah was telling us. And that this awakens within a person a great simcha that the truth of the Torah was revealed. That even though, you, of course, you should be happy about the, the, the emes of the Dvar Allah being revealed, but, but when your enemy falls, don't rejoice. He says, 
He says, if it was only negated to you the mitos of the Torah, then it would not be felt at all about the falling of your friend. Meaning, is don't rejoice. It says you shouldn't rejoice when your friend falls. So if he feels that your like your enemy's falling is part of the reason of the joy that you were right and he was wrong, then it's obviously not just about the positive. He says the pause, the simcha that you're supposed to have should only be for the positive. That there was an Indian of Torah which was clarified. But if there's mixed into there that there's the Torah has been clarified by Nia, but not this other individual, then it's already a little bit of your own yashus there. And that was the problem. So that's what he's trying to make because a person could think it's permitted. Because what do you? What's this? What's the real? What's the essential simcha? The essential simcha is because of the joy of the Torah being revealed. But Shmuel Akatzin is trying to say is that's fine, but you have to be careful not to have any of your yeshus in there that about the mafala yvach about your enemy, about the other individual being wrong. So that's one point. There's even more than that. Uh, if he would have reached the level that he's completely given over to the to the truth, and his whole desire is just to reveal the the godly wisdom, then then you wouldn't you wouldn't even think this person has been vacha. Why would you even think the guy is your enemy? It's all the word of God. Right, meaning is when two Tamid al are arguing and one's the Allah is like one of them, it's not the shot that you're right and the other one is wrong. They're both true. They're both the word of God. They both have a place within Taira. Right? There could be many interpretations within Taira. Yes, the Halacha, Amnam, the Rebbe explains. He says, true, Halacha Lamaisa, what are you supposed to do? It can't be like two opinions. Because Bapoil you can only do one way. But Matzad, the Divrilikim Chaim, there could be a place for both opinions. Meaning is both opinions could make sense and both opinions could be a godly concept. What are we going to do with Pail only one? But, um, you know, God's infinite and also his wisdom is infinite. So therefore there could be technically an infinite amount of interpretations. But how the Torah ultimately is put into this world and this world we need to only go according to one way because we can't do two things at the same time. So therefore we pass in like one way. But it's all, and, and therefore the Psach is always according to the uh, I guess the truest and the deepest level of God's will. But all of these different interpretations are in a sense the wisdom of God. He says, therefore, since even after the the other opinion remains the Torah, it means a true idea in the Torah, then you can't say he didn't fall because he's also true. Yes, it might not be the Allah Lamaisa, but it's still true. It's still Divrilikim Chaim. And of course, you can't call him your enemy, like an enemy meaning that he was going against the Torah and I was able to prove the Torah correctly. What do you mean? He's also Torah. So if you had the proper spittle, you'd realize that. Because you'd realize that God is infinite and therefore he can have infinite interpretations. He's not so, Hashem's not so small that he can only have one, your one interpretation. So with proper bittle, a person could realize uh, this, this level of, uh, of, of, of godly energy and godly wisdom. Okay. Therefore, with in his joy, when he feels that his feels that his enemy fell, that's a simon, That's a sign that's mixed into there. This idea, this feeling of we won, that he beat his friend. Therefore, the reason he's called the small shmuel is because he was extremely humble. He made himself small. He made himself humble. Um, that the learning of Torah needs to be a tough bittle, that even when your enemy falls, there's no joy, because it's not relevant to you. The only thing which is relevant to you is the mitasa shatayra, and that's the only thing you are focusing on. So just to recap, so we said that these two concepts that we have in halacha, that we learn from uh, from the child, that a that the learning of the child begins, that learning of Torah begins when you're a child, and even the learning of an adult, the source of it from in the Torah is from words vishinantalavanacha. We said we find these in two Mishnais and of this speaks Pirkei Avis, which is the fourth parak of Pirkei Avis. That Aleph, the first point is that it says learning Torah 
when you're a child is like writing on a clear piece of paper, while when you're old, it's like writing on a, a, a erased piece of paper. That's telling us about the first way of learning Torah, that when you approach the learning of Torah, the foundation needs to be with Bittal, needs to be with the Yalit. So it's not talk, the mission is not only talking about a child in years, but it's also talking about the way a child in your mind, in your emotions, that emotionally you come like the child, you come with a Bittal. Then you will be successful. But if you come with yashus, like a zakin, that you already have so much wisdom, then you won't be able to capture the words of Torah to the same degree. And then we said the second thing is, even while you're learning Torah, and while you're arguing and, and figuring out the Pesach and even after you figure out the Pesach there needs to be bittal. And that's what Shmuel was telling us when he quoted that Pasuk Mishlei, that even when you're arguing with your friend in Dvar Halacha, you need to have Bittal the entire way through. And even at the end, once you have the Psaq Halacha, you can't rejoice about it because if you're rejoicing, that expresses that you don't have the truth, truest Bittal. Because if you had the true Bittal, you'd realize that your friend's Tyra is also Tyra. Tess. But now you can come up with a claim. Says a person come at the time. He says true. Um, that even the opinion of your enemy, in a sense, is is true. It is an union of Taira, but. Why should you rejoice about the falling? That you still, if you want to kvetch zechai, maybe I still could be happy about my friend being wrong, and it'll be permitted. Of course, there's no fun being able to rejoice when it's the wrong thing. If you're able to rejoice, well, if it's the right thing, then that, that's 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 fantastic. He says, what what could his taina be? He says, this, this my friend was trying to express halacha lemaisa. He wasn't just trying to give an opinion of the Torah, and this is another way of interpreting this idea. He was trying to express halach lamaisa, and of course that he was making a mistake in, because the din is not like him, because as we said, the din can only be one way. So and and, and the psaktin was not like what he was saying. So there is an inyan mefalei vacha. My friend was trying to make halach lamaisa not according to what the Torah wanted. So he's the ayvacha. He's an enemy. So why do we need to have this, uh, we say you have to demand and work on yourself that you shouldn't rejoice. And you shouldn't even feel that this person is, is your, your enemy is fallen. He says, but at the end of the day, you were able to nullify something which wasn't true. Your friend was trying to say the Allah is this way, which is not true. So I need to be happy that I, I was successful. Uh, just to give an example, there's um, it's spoken about in, 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 in a sefer called Megillus Tainus, which talks about all the different holidays that the Chalman made during Bai Shani, about different events uh, that happened, and, and therefore in those these Yom Tevin, these like small Yom Tevin, they wouldn't fast and they wouldn't uh, make any eulogies. It wasn't a Yom Tev in the sense they wouldn't do work, but it was a, a certain sense of Yom Tev. So one of the Yom Tevin were that um, the Baitusim. Um, Baitusim were trying to say that the carbon hatam uh, that was trying to say that the carbon oimer, you know, as we spoke about last week, actually the carbon oimer had to be brought dafka on on Sunday, while the chamim held that had to be the day after Yom Tev. But anyways, once they were successful and they were able to make the psaka lachat specifically like the chamim wanted, they made a Yom Tev out of it. They wouldn't do hespid and tanesim. Um, so that that was they literally made a Yom Tev that they were right and their enemy was wrong, right? So this person saying, look, I did the same thing. But of course, there's a very big difference, as we're going to explain, because over there they were Baitusim. These were individuals that didn't believe in Tarshbal Pah. So therefore, they truly were Yoraibacha. They weren't coming with Bittal. They were coming with their own agenda. So therefore, you're able to rejoice in learning. To, we see in the idea of you are able to rejoice when you're able to beat your friend, or you beat your enemy, I'm sorry. Like we, the Chachamim rejoice when they're able to win the Tzidukim. Um, but when we're talking about two true Tamid Chachamim, we're saying you shouldn't have any joy. I, the Rebbe is asking now, but wait a second, if they were trying to make a psaq din Allah and it was incorrect, then I should rejoice that the psaq din was my way, which is the way that Hashem ultimately wanted. So, that Shemol Katan says that maybe God will see and be bad in his eyes and he will take his anger away from this individual and put it on you. Meaning, 
Hasar Metzichlo Kiyetzibza. He says it's possible that your friend, again, we're talking about a friend, Emes Tatamachachem, not a, not a Apikarius. He says he was trying to, he, the reason why he wasn't Mechabin, he wasn't able to get the proper Lacha, it's not because he has any lack in his Seichel. Maybe it was a punishment for him. Because of the anger from above, this individual was not Zeicha to Mechavan Allah. It actually tells us in Saita that regarding Yehuda, he's one of the Shvatim, that he wasn't, uh, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but he wasn't allowed to go to Gan Eden. So they doubt Moshe Rabbeinu Davin for him, and he was able to go in, and, and he was able to go to Masifta, and he was able to start learning, but like the Lacha was never like him. So then that Moshe Rabbeinu Davin again, that the Lacha was like him. So we see this a concept that even when you're able to go to Gan Eden, and you're able to discuss the Torah with everybody else in Gan Eden, but still there could be a punishment that you're not getting to the ultimate highest, deepest level of what Ratzon Hashem is because of a punishment. Until Moshe Rabbeinu Davin from him and he was forgiven, he was able to have the Lacha Kamaisai. So the Meila also lolias besimcha but fale vacha. Mashim niten, while yada einish mumaila chaverai, besimcha tzrichalias rak mashinas bara halacha la mitasa. He says it's understood that you can't rejoice. What are you happy about? You're happy that through you, God punished this individual. That's something to be happy that your friend got punished through you. Yay. The simcha, the, the simcha should only be that you're able to clarify the Allah. Nothing to do with you're able to make, make sure your friend didn't get it. Because if you have joy that you're able to, in a sense, hold your friend back and you're successful over him, maybe that was part of the punishment and you're rejoicing, basically, that he was punished. On the contrary, if you are rejoicing because of your enemy falling, then it's proper for him. Uh, and this will cause that Hashem will remove the anger from this other individual and um, put his anger onto, onto him, onto the person rejoicing. Um, and it makes sense because, as we said, the only real way to get the emes, the deepest halacha, is through having the highest level of bitl. So even if at the end of the tvah halacha, you at that point start having yeshos, then it makes sense that the next time that there's halacha discussion, you have yeshus at this point, because you won the last one, so you got yeshus. Now you're approaching this new halacha, as, ah, I'm the one that was correct, I know what Hashem wants. So you approach it with the yeshus, that of course the halacha, A, because you have yeshus, how are you supposed to reach the emes the halacha? It's almost, almost, almost like a natural thing that you're not going to get the proper halacha. But even more than that, you know, the Rebbe is bringing over here that Kaddish Baruch Hu might even put it as a punishment that you won't be able to reach that level of, of bittal that would be required to get to the true halacha. And through meditating in these in Yonim, you're able to affect by yourself that not only will you not rejoice, that on the contrary, when you think about this, like, yes, I was able to say that the Tvah was made by me, but it's not because I'm so amazing and my friend's so bad. Maybe it's because, unfortunately, my, my friend didn't have that schus for whatever reason. So that should be ma'ayr with you in a level of rahmanis and trying to help your friend. And as the, as, as the Chazal say that, when, when you're learning Torah with proper bitl and l'shma for the sake of Hashem to know what the Torah wants, then the two sides don't, don't leave until they become level, lovers of each other, friends of each other. So when you have an argument which is not for the sake of heaven, then the fight continues for years. But when it's all just trying to figure out what Hashem wants, then once you've come to that conclusion, then both sides become friends again, meaning they always were friends. It's just that they're not even arguing. They're even, uh, externally, they look like friends. I guess when you come to base measures, you see these guys screaming at each other, look like they can't, they hate each other. But once it's, the discussion's over, you see, oh, they're always best friends. As the Chazal say, regarding Beisil Shamai, that there was a great love and friendship between them, and this uh, fulfilled what it says, that truth and peace they love. They love truth and peace. Because again, their discussions were only for the sake of Shemaim. Therefore, they had they wanted just Emes, and they wanted peace.